Welcome to Lessons for Leaders. This is the second in a mini-series about stress ahead of Stress Awareness Week at the first week of November. And this week I'm going to be talking to you about tools and tips that you can use quickly and easily to calm down your internal system, to reduce the worrying that you do. And some of the top tools that I give to all of my clients that help reduce the stress levels, support them in making the changes so that you can manage the negative thoughts associated with stress too. So join me in today's episode. Welcome to Lessons for Leaders. Each week I bring you lessons, learnings, tips and advice to enable you to lead with ease in business without stress, doubt and overwhelm so that I help you to increase your performance, be resilient and thrive in life. I'm Emma Langton, your host, leadership coach and workplace trainer, helping you and your workforce increase performance and make the impact that you want in the world. So welcome back to this mini-series about stress. But before I dive in, please just do hit the subscribe button or even go over and leave a review. It helps enormously for the podcast to be found by other people so that we can get the message out there and be more informative and more supportive. So if you haven't done already, do please hit that subscribe button. Brilliant. So before I dive into today's episode, I've had a few emails and calls recently, well not just a few quite honestly, uh, from people who are finding things difficult and I know that those difficulties are affecting their performance. I've been talking with individuals and organisations and it's definitely a stressful time. So if the stress is getting to you, or you are seeing it in your organisation as well, then please do book a call with me and let's talk about what we can do to help you with that. Because I don't need to tell you that workplace and personal stress impacts on the way that you feel, your ability to function and even your health. Nip back and listen to last week's episode as well for more information about that. But did you know that stress costs the average UK business £5,541 per employee per year? And this is why I talk about stress and well-being such a lot. Overarching is the performance of everybody. So it's vital for employers to look after their workforce's well-being. But it's also important that employees can manage stress and anxiety themselves. And that's why I've been really delighted to be able to be working with companies next week in Stress Awareness Week to provide workshops and training and advice on a variety of stress-related topics. So, you know, we've got managing stress and anxiety to improve performance, stress management in the workplace, managing mental well-being, Healthy work-life boundaries, that's a big topic at the moment. 
So if you haven't got anything sorted or would like some more support, then get in touch with me, Emma at emmalangton.com and we can talk about the options that are available for you too. Brilliant. So let's just do a quick recap about what stress is before I dive into these tools and tips for you. You know, stress is part of our everyday life. It's a normal reaction to feeling under mental and emotional pressure. And it's caused by having too much of that pressure. So everyone can suffer with stress and everyone will suffer with different symptoms, different responses, different reactions. The crucial thing to remember is that actually what stresses one person Somebody else is going to find challenging, thrilling, and even exciting. So we are all different. But here's a clue as to why I talk about this so much, and particularly in relation to your performance. Because stress closes off the more creative parts of our brain and dampens down the cognitive processes and also distorts our perception of time. So what that means is that we can't think clearly, we can't make decisions, and what we think is only going to take us a few minutes is going to take us a lot longer. And you know, often I say to my clients, you know, do you feel that you suffer from stress? And then I also say, do you feel you suffer from anxiety? And they go, what's the difference? It's the same, isn't it? Well, the difference is that anxiety is the mind and body's reaction to stressful, dangerous or unfamiliar situations. So you know that kind of sense of unease that you get? It's more about the worries, the distress or the dread before significant events. And again, as with stress though, a certain level of anxiety helps to stay alert and aware. And everyone will have feelings of anxiety at some point in their lives. And again, it will be different for different people. But you might have remembered getting uh, worried or anxious about sitting an exam or having a job interview or doing a presentation, going into a particular meeting. So during these one-off occasions, feeling anxious can be perfectly normal. However, some people find it hard to control their worries and their feelings of anxiety are like more constant and happen much more in their everyday life. And some people just feel anxious all the time. So that's what the difference is. Stress and anxiety often sort of continue in like a vicious cycle. So our thoughts and symptoms, behaviours, emotions all interact and worsen and cause this cycle. So we get stressed, it's very tiring. So then we lose motivation, we can't be bothered to do things, so then we don't see people and relationships and interactions suffer. And then we think, oh, why can't I do this? I'm no good at this. So each one influences another. So this is why to break that cycle, the very first thing that I advise everybody to be doing is to be calming down your internal system so that it switches off that internal fire alarm that's saying, whoa, we're in danger here, or oh, there's something that we need to be alert to. 
So the very first thing that I talk to people about all the time is a breathing technique or breathing really deeply and clearly because before you switch off and go, oh, I'll do that all the time, Emma. I know. Um, when we become stressed and even anxious, our breathing is higher up in our chest. So, and we're taking in more oxygen to pump to our muscles so that we can use that to get to a place of safety. So people sometimes say that they do feel that they can't get their breath or that their chest is tight. So having a breathing technique, there's hundreds of them, well, maybe not hundreds. Um, there's quite a lot of them. You can find them on the internet. You can even find GIFs. You can, there are apps and uh, little reminders and things. So you can have it on your phone, on your smartwatch, on your computer, laptop, tablet. There are... A million ways that you can... God, I'm exaggerating today, aren't I? Maybe not a million. Sorry. <laughs> Quite a lot of ways that you can incorporate little reminders and helpful and supportive ways to do your breathing technique in your everyday life. You know, what I just say to people generally is to put your hand on your stomach, maybe even one hand on your chest and just feel that breath going down. And when you feel the increase of that breathing and feel it go right down to your belly, then you are deepening that breathing. And the long outward breath is important too. So imagine like when you blow up a balloon, that's that deep breath in and then the long breath out. Because what that does is it sends a message to your parasympathetic nervous system to tell you that it can switch off that internal fire alarm, that there's a false alarm going on. So calming down your internal system. There are some other ways that you can do that too with like yoga and meditation and guided muscle relaxation or even just those relaxation techniques that you get at the end of an exercise class. And do that breathing technique frequently in a day. So I usually say, you know, when you're waiting for the kettle to boil, when you nip to the loo, when you're just going upstairs, downstairs, from one room to another, sat at traffic lights, all of those different times in a day, practice that breathing technique. Because what happens then is that, that you're able to breathe more easily and use this technique at times when you need it, when you've practiced it at times when you haven't needed it so if you only choose one thing to do out of this podcast that's the one that doesn't mean that you stop listening and go away just listen out for some of the others too if you're a bit of a worrier one of those people that has thoughts going round and round and round in your head and you end up worrying about everything then chances are that this has become a bit of a habit and breaking the habit is a great way to make progress, to reduce the worries and enable you to concentrate on the things that you need to concentrate on more easily. So what I often say to people is to create a worry spot or a worry chair. So what I want you to do for that is you find a chair in your home that you don't use that regularly. So I don't want it to be your regular armchair that's, uh, where you sit down and watch the TV or have your meals. A chair that you don't normally sit at very often and it might even for some people I say just have halfway up the stairs because what you don't want to do is to create a, another kind of trigger that every time you sit in that chair you start and look at your worries. So find that chair, set aside five or ten minutes 
set a little timer for yourself and allow the worries to surface. Because what we do with worries is we try not to think about them and oh, I think about that another time and oh, I don't want to think about that now and we sort of try to push them away. And in essence, what they're doing is they're kind of knocking on the inside of your head to say, listen to me, listen to me. So you create, find your chair, set aside five or 10 minutes, allow the worries to surface and just let them be there, let them ruminate, you know, just notice them, listen to them, see what they are rather than push them away. And when your time is up, stop. You can go back to pushing them away, ignoring them, distracting yourself, that's fine. But when you do this each day, five or 10 minutes or even just weekdays, then You are training yourself to only think about your worries at certain times, in certain places. And it's a great way to change that worry habit. Also, the other reason that this is really good for you is that your subconscious mind often keeps thinking about problems and issues and worries even when you're not thinking about them. And studies have found that you can often find good solutions to tough problems when you've stopped thinking about them for a while so it's important to create that time to think about them and then enable them to sort of go away and calm down because during that subconscious time your mind will be searching for a solution and then suddenly send it to you how many times have you remembered the name of something when you've stopped thinking about it or come up with a good solution when you're in the shower or out for a run or walking the dog. That's what's happening. But you can train your brain, if you're a bit of a worrier, to have these other alternative ways to think about things and to create that time differently. My third top tip is to create routines, routines to motivate you. Routines are not just for children. Routines mean that we know what to expect and then therefore we have less things to think about. So apparently Barack Obama used to only wear blue and black suits so that his morning routine of what to wear wasn't a problem. So he removed that one thing that he needed to think about and the things that he needed to make decisions on and left his brain free to work on more important things and he definitely did have more important things, didn't he? but so do you. So the certainty of a routine can help us to manage the uncertainty that life can throw up. And my goodness me, are we having some uncertainty right now in 2020? So creating routines helps us to cope with those unpredictable periods of time because it provides kind of like scaffolding and, and support within our day and within our week with that structure. And it doesn't mean that there's no room for fun and spontaneity, but what it does mean is it frees up thinking space. Because trying to remember things can be really stressful and it can fill our brains up with everything on our to-do list, which can then end up incredibly overwhelming and feel quite stressful. And when we have routines, a lot of the things that we do in our day-to-day stuff slot into those routines so we don't have to think about them anymore. So that routine can then be aiding the uh, mental health, uh, helping you to cope with change, helping you to form healthy habits and helping you to reduce your stress levels. The other thing 
to remember is that your routine doesn't need to be the same as everyone else's. It doesn't have to be a kind of nine to five working day or that you must do this at this time and that at that time, as long as it works for you. So you might have one routine or structure for a Monday and a different one for a Tuesday, depending what you have going on. But include in that time to rest, to relax and to have fun. We all value different things. So sometimes people want time to play with the kids or sort out the pets. And others, it might be time for sitting and reading for a while. For You know, for me, I on certain days, I try and create the time in that routine for swimming. And that's about going out and hopefully the gym stay open for me for that. Some people go for a run. Some people want alone time. Some people want time with the support network, with friends, with family. And those things are important. And what I'm saying is build it into your routine because of the virus and isolation and restrictions, we need to make sure that we are still getting time for that, even if it's about distancing or if it's online. But when you put it into your routine, it's much more likely to happen, as well as the other things that happen that then reduce the stress. You're also putting in things that help you to increase your feel-good chemicals and enable you to cope and adapt much more easily with current and everyday challenges. So that's my top three tips to help you cope with stress this week. So calming your internal system, i.e. use a breathing technique, create a worry spot and set some routines that will help reduce the stress and keep you motivated. And as ever, if you want to ask me any questions, do drop me a line, emma at emmalangton.com. If you want some more information or a conversation to be able to increase your performance so that you reduce the stress levels or increase the well-being of your team, then again, let's fix a call. So, or head over to my website at emma at emmalankton.com, find the contact page, you can send me an email from there or book an appointment straight into my diary to save all that to-in and fro-in that goes on. And then the only thing left for now is to remind you to please hit the subscribe button if you haven't done so already and then have a brilliant and stress-free week. Bye for now.